The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna to the Son of David. Let us pray. Most merciful God, as the people of Jerusalem with palms in their hands gathered to greet your dearly beloved Son when he came into his holy city, grant that we may ever hail him as our King, and when he comes again, may go forth to meet him with trusting and steadfast hearts and follow him in the way that leads to eternal life. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 12th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. A great multitude that had come to the feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, and cried out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Then Jesus, when he had found a young donkey, sat on it, as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first. But when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things were written about him and that they had done these things to him. Therefore, the people who were with him, when he called Lazarus out of his tomb and raised him from the dead, bore witness. For this reason... The people also met him, because they heard that he had done this sign. The Pharisees therefore said among themselves, You see that you are accomplishing nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Let us go forth in peace in the name of the Lord.
Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, you sent your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, to take upon himself our flesh and to suffer death upon the cross. Mercifully grant that we may follow the example of his great humility and patience and be made partakers of his resurrection. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The epistle for Palm Sunday, the Sunday of the Passion of our Lord, is recorded in St. Paul's letter to the Philippians, chapter 2. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant and coming in the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death even the death of the cross. Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess, Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Passion of Our Lord according to St. Matthew, chapter 27. Now Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, saying, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus said to him, It is as you say. And while he was being accused by the chief priests and elders, he answered nothing. Then Pilate said to him, Do you not hear how many things they testify against you? But he answered him not one word, so that the governor marveled greatly. Now the feast of the governor was accustomed to releasing to the multitude one prisoner whom they wished. And at that time they had a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. Therefore, when they had gathered together, Pilate said to them, Whom do you want me to release to you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Christ? For he knew that they had handed him over because of envy. While he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent to him, saying, Have nothing to do with that just man, for I have suffered many things today in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and the elders persuaded the multitudes that they should ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor answered and said to them, Which of the two do you want me to release to you? They said, Barabbas, Pilate said to them. What then shall I do with Jesus, who is called Christ? They all said to him, Let him be crucified, the governor said. Why? What evil has he done? But they cried out all the more, saying, Let him be crucified. When Pilate saw that he could not prevail at all, but rather that a tumult was rising, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. You see to it. And all the people answered and said, His blood be on us and on our children. Then he released Barabbas to them. And when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole garrison around him, and they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. When they had twisted a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and a reed in his right hand. And they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews! Then they spat on him and took the reed and struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they took the robe off him put his own clothes on him, and led him away to be crucified. 
Now as they came out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name. Him they compelled to bear his cross. And when they had come to a place called Golgotha, that is to say, place of a skull, they gave him sour wine mingled with gall to drink. But when he had tasted it, he would not drink. Then they crucified him and divided his garments, casting lots, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet. They divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. Sitting down, they kept watch over him there. And putting, they put up over his head the accusation written against him. This is the king of the Jews. Then two robbers were crucified with him, one on the right and another on the left. And those who passed by blasphemed him, wagging their heads and saying, You who destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. If you are the son of God, come down from the cross. Likewise, the chief priests also mocking with the scribes and elders said, He saved others, himself he cannot save. If he is the king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross and we will believe him. He trusted in God, let him deliver him now if he will have him. For he said, I am the son of God. Even the robbers who were crucified with him, reviled him with the same thing. Now from the sixth hour until the ninth hour, there was darkness over all the land. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani? That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some of those who stood there when they heard that said, This man is calling for Elijah. Immediately, one of them ran and took a sponge, filled it with sour wine and put it on a reed and offered it to him to drink. The rest said, let him alone. Let us see if Elijah will come to save him. Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom And the earth quaked, and the rocks were split, and the graves were opened. And many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the graves after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. So when the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and the things that had happened, they feared greatly, saying, Truly, this was the Son of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. When I do something wrong, I don't want anyone to find out about it. When I'm accused of doing wrong that I have not done, I'm quick to defend myself. When people have come to the wrong conclusions about things that I have said or done, I want to set the record straight. I want to justify myself. My good name and my reputation mean more to me than just about anything else. And the good name and reputation of a person can become in itself an idol. Self-justification, rationalization, these are among the strongest drives of our sinful flesh. I want people to like me. I want people to think I'm a good person. And I want people to tell other people what a good person I am. I don't want anyone to see my weaknesses or failings. I don't want anyone to see that I'm a sinner. What about you? In the Passion According to St. Matthew, 
He records that Pontius Pilate marveled that Jesus said absolutely nothing to defend himself. Do you not hear how many things they testify against you? But Jesus answered him not one word, so that the governor marveled greatly. Pontius Pilate, as a Roman governor charged with hearing cases over and over and over again, Pilate had never seen anything like it. The irony for Pontius Pilate was that he knew that Jesus had done nothing worthy of death. He knew that the Jews had delivered Jesus up to him because of envy. That's what St. Matthew records. So why won't he defend himself? He keeps silent. Matthew's reference to the Jews' envy of Jesus, envy of Jesus, builds upon this irony. For you see, at the heart of envy, is the hatred of someone because they have something that you want, that you don't have. Jesus was more than a good person. He was righteous. He was holy. He was without sin. And yet, this man from Nazareth was full of mercy and compassion for the most downtrodden and forsaken of society, the most hopeless of sinners. And that's why so many loved him. It's why they sang his praises on Palm Sunday. Hosanna to the son of David. Save us now, Lord. They had been touched by his love. He thought more of them than he thought of himself. And the Jews envied him because of it. They wanted what he had and they didn't have it. Here was a good man who was loved. And he was adored by the people. And oh, how they coveted that love and that adoration. The need to defend themselves against any attack upon their person or accusation of sin prevented them from receiving the salvation and the mercy that Jesus came to give. It also prevented them in their self-righteousness and pride from daring to extend mercy and compassion to sinners. The idol of one's own self-righteousness and self-justification is not only seen in the chief priests and the elders of the people. Indeed, it's seen throughout the passion narrative. The soldiers, for example, are classic bullies, exalting themselves while making fun of someone else that they perceived to be a weakling. The passers-by that hurled insults against Jesus as he hung upon the cross bought into the fake news of the chief priests and the elders of the people concerning Jesus. Obviously, he's guilty of something. If this guy has been sentenced to death by the governor, he's got to be guilty of high crimes and misdemeanors or blasphemy against God or high treason against the emperor. After all, doesn't his own silence betoken that he is guilty? His own lack of defense proves that he is not who he claims to be. For after all, if he were who he claimed to be, he would come down from the cross. He would defend himself. He would save himself. You heard the words. St. Matthew recorded, You who destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. He saved others himself he cannot save. If he is the King of Israel, let him now come down from the cross, and we will believe him. Do you see how the sinful flesh thinks? We perceive the ultimate good. It's so, it's so typical and it's prevalent today. We perceive the ultimate good as taking care of ourselves. Is that not true? And it extends into defending our own good name and reputation no matter what. 
Defend yourself. Protect yourself. Save yourself. Isn't that the ultimate good? No, it isn't. It is the opposite of what Jesus did. Had our Lord come down from the cross, he would not have been our Savior. Had he saved himself, he would not have been the Son of God. For him, the ultimate good was to save you, even if it cost him his own good name and reputation, even if it cost him his very life in the most agonizing death the world has ever conceived. So St. Paul writes these lovely words in the epistle for today. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider equality with God literally something to be held on to, but made himself of no reputation, emptied himself, taking the form of a bond servant, that's a slave, and coming in the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Obedient slave. You take the guilt, you take the iniquity, you suffer the hell, you suffer the condemnation, you suffer the scorn, you suffer the ridicule, you suffer all of it. Yes, Father, yes, most willingly, I'll bear all that you command me. Jesus did not defend himself because he came to defend you. He did not defend himself or come down from the cross to save himself because he came to take the blame for every wrong that you and I have ever done and for every sin that you or I have ever committed. Jesus did not save himself from death because he willingly bore the consequence of hell and punishment in love for us. It is interesting in Matthew's passion. You've heard about the seven last words, the seven things that Jesus said, statements from the cross. Matthew only records one. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It's actually a prayer of Jesus where he is praying Psalm 22. Those words are the first verse of Psalm 22. And some, hearing Jesus cry out like this from the cross, mistakenly conclude he's full of doubt. He no longer trusts in his Father, as if that is the first sin he committed it after having been sinless up to that point. It's not true at all. Instead, this was the prayer given him to pray. And in this prayer given him to pray, according to the entire Psalm 22, go home and read it. It is a prayer of fervent faith. He continued to believe, even though he was charged with crimes that he did not commit and suffered the abandonment of God. It was a rhetorical question. Why have you forsaken me? Because upon you has been laid the iniquity of the world. He really did take the blame for everyone. As the prophet Isaiah confessed, and we will hear on Good Friday, the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. This is the most powerful act of self-giving, sacrificial love the universe has ever known or ever will do. No, it is at the hub of our existence and what we believe in as Christians. The power of the selfless act of love caused the earth to quake when Jesus gave up the Spirit. It ripped open the veil of the temple, signifying that the sin that separated us from God has been taken away. It split the rocks. It raised the dead, even on Good Friday, ahead of schedule. And it caused the centurion and his fellow soldiers to confess, after all the messiahs that claimed to be messiahs, this one really was the Son of God. 
for this selfless act of love is the only thing that can give eternal comfort and salvation. And it does so through faith in Jesus, who took the blame for us. What does it mean for you? That Jesus took your punishment in hell. It means what St. Paul said, there is therefore now no condemnation, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. It means that he defends you with his own blood that covers all your sin, the blood that covers you and your children and declares you righteous. It means that his righteousness restores your good name and your reputation before God. Jesus stands in the breach between you and every accusation you will ever face from God or from man or from the judgment of the law. Today, our Lord calls us to embrace this truth. We stand righteous for Jesus' sake. What harm can sin and death then do? No harm. Through faith in him, we receive what Jesus has done, and he holds nothing back. Before God and man, it is true, we have no excuse. According to the judgment of the law, we are poor, miserable sinners, cut from the same cloth, deserving of death, but Christ has taken that death, and he has taken that condemnation. And there is no word of ours that can save us or defend us or restore our reputation. But his word does. And his word is the word, do not be afraid. I forgive you. Be of good cheer. That word defends us. That word justifies us. It reconciles us to God. It restores us to the Father. And it preserves our good name and reputation as being the righteous children of God. He would not save himself because his love for you is greater than his love for himself. And if the Son of God who took the blame for your sin and the sins of the whole world died for you, then you have nothing to fear. And you stand right with God. For there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. Let us stand for prayer. Let us pray for the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. For the Holy Christian Church as she marks Holy Week, especially for those who are not able to gather in person, that we would rejoice greatly over our King, who saved us with his perfect life and sacrificial death, and who comes to us humbly and continually in his holy word and sacraments and who binds us together even while apart by his holy faith and love. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For Karen Furking, Verla Gatchel, Paul Wehrman, Zoe Fisher, Jennifer Scheller, and Michael Vogt, who celebrate baptismal birthdays this week, that preserved in their Savior's righteousness they may abide in the consolation of his love and peace. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For our Christian lives, that we would be granted faithfulness in times of temptation, repentance, and forgiveness when we fall, love for all our brothers and sisters in Christ, reconciliation with those from whom we are alienated, and boldness to confess the faith we have in Christ. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the members of our congregation, that we would be given faithful and generous hearts to prayerfully and financially support the mission and ministry of our Lord in this place and abroad. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all whom our Father has given authority in civil governments, 
that he would guide their decisions and desires so that life is defended, justice upheld, the will of him before whom all knees will bow is done. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who serve in the armed forces of our country, especially those of our own congregation, especially Robert Haga, Jessica Franklin, John Franklin, Yvonne Ingram, and Mark Miley, that preserved with the Lord's strength and grace, they may be faithful in their work, protected from danger, and abide in the Lord's peace. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those stricken by disease, especially those suffering with the coronavirus, for those enduring famine, unemployment, scarcity, and other disaster, for Father Wolkema, Archbishop Christian Eckham, and Professor John Nordling for the United, from the United States who is stranded in Nigeria, for those in bondage and for the lonely, isolated, fearful, and those in any need, especially Jeremy LaFleur and his family as he battles ALS, infant Mason Perez, his father and his mother, and those in his family who wait in vigil for a heart transplant, Walter Schmudlock suffering with an inoperable tumor, David Berger in his ongoing rehabilitation from a brain injury, and Kurt Scheller in hospice care, that our Heavenly Father would hear their pleas and spare their lives, lengthening their days according to his will, and lead us all to rejoice in him who never fails us in our time of need. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who receive the Holy Supper of our Lord this night, that they would eat his body and drink his blood in repentance and faith, and be strengthened to love others as Christ has loved them. And for those who long to receive the sacrament but are unable for a time, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who have departed this veil of tears in faith, especially for our sister Joan Lundberg, the mother of John, let us give thanks to the Lord that he would shepherd us in that same faith until our last hour, bringing us with them into his kingdom, which has no end. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Hymn 435, Come to Calvary's Holy Mountain. You may be seated.
Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Almighty God, our Maker and Redeemer, we poor sinners confess unto you that we are by nature sinful and unclean, that we have sinned against you by thought, word, and deed. Wherefore, we flee for refuge to your infinite mercy, seeking and imploring your grace for the sake of our Lord Jesus Christ. O most merciful God, who has given your only begotten Son to die for us, have mercy upon us, and for his sake grant us remission of all our sins. And by your Holy Spirit, increase in us true knowledge of you and of your will and true obedience to your word, to the end that by your grace we may come to everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, has had mercy upon us and has given his only Son to die for us and for his sake forgives us all our sins. To those who believe on his name, he gives power to become the children of God and has promised them his Holy Spirit. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. Grant this, Lord, unto us all. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who accomplished the salvation of mankind by the tree of the cross, that where death arose, their life also might rise again, and that the serpent who overcame by the tree of the garden might likewise by the tree of the cross be overcome. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, Holy, 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 Lord God of Sabaoth, Heaven and earth are full of thy glory. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. O Christ, thou Lamb of God, that takest away the sin of the world, have mercy upon us. O Christ, thou Lamb of God, that takest away the sin of the world, have mercy upon us. 
O Christ, thou Lamb of God, that takest away the sin of the world, grant us thy peace. Amen. Please gather at the altar, spreading out on both sides.
Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, and his mercy endures forever. We give thanks to you, almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy you would strengthen us through the same in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Hymn 432, In Silent Pain, the Eternal Son.